Demons Discuss, take 43, the one with the chicken and the egg. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me... As always, is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Greetings. Hi, everyone. And what are we talking about today, Jean? Diana's visit to Susanna Norman and just Ooh. how unimpressive Annie is, visually at least, <laughs> as a witch. <laughs> oh, wow. Poor <laughs> Annie. I mean, I know, poor Annie. I, I, mean, I, thought, wow. I thought you were going to say, and how unimpressed Susanna is with everyone. Well, yeah. no, I was going to say, I, I just love the opening line of this chapter. If this is what hell looks like, like Galaglass is going to be sadly disappointed. Mm. <laughs> Very little fire and brimstone. <laughs> yes, that's why I said that. I, I think Annie's an adorable character, but I just that that chapter opener is just funny, precious, and fun. Mm-hmm. And it is just awesome. Matthew does have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> buried. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Way buried deep down inside, under his blood rage somewhere. I'm going to stick up his ass, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> All right, so this podcast is brought to you by our patrons who make wishes come true, don't they? They sure do. Yes, they do. They sure do. So not only our wishes, but our listeners too. Perhaps someone might wish, I hope this podcast won't have commercials. And I should insert a sound effect here, a little wand sound effect. Do I have that? Okay. (laughs) Sure. Kazam! There we go. (laughs) Wish granted. Or, I really really wish I could get some good swag. And uh, yeah, Kazam again. <laughs> wish granted. <laughs> take a take a tea. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> and with Samantha's nose twitching. Oh, yeah, I can picture it. All right. And finally, <laughs> I wish I can have the demons every week. What? Wish granted. <laughs> Yay. So if you're interested in making all those wishes come true for us and everybody else, join us at patreon.com slant demons discuss. And that was it. Nice yeah. and short sweet. Yep. Yay. Yes. Okay. So let's start with discusser emails and messages. I think we have speak pipes, Angela. We do have speak pipes. We have one from sweet Dora. One from Dora. This is Dora. Hi, lovely lady demons. It was such a pleasure to see you in Philadelphia. I just wanted to tell you that chapter 19 is my absolute favorite chapter in Shadow of Night. I love the introduction of Susanna Norman. She is a witch and a midwife, and I feel that she is the perfect character to lead Diana and guide her really through that portal and that pelvis to me, which gives her a new introduction to her world and reclaiming her witch. It's just so important that she really recognizes Diana and is a person that leads her to Goody also to her eventual mentor. I also love the introduction of Annie Undercroft. She's such a sweet character. And I love the miniatures by Nicholas Hilliard. I love that beautiful, beautiful picture of Diana and Matthew, and which I was able to purchase from your vendor's table in Philadelphia. Thank you so much. I so enjoy your programs. Love to all of you. Demon kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> and can't wait to see you again, hopefully in the United Kingdom. Love to you. Bye. 
Yeah. Oh, I first, love Dora. First of all, love back to you, Dora. Second of all, it's so awesome. This diverse fandom we have. I mean, every experience is, is as varied as the reader, but her take on things is interesting because she delivers babies. So she, her figurative and literal interpretation is awesome. And it's so she's a midwife, a midwife, right? Yeah. Her midwife. Yeah. No, I'm a midwife. <laughs> she's a midwife. <laughs> a midwife. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Dora. Who do we have next? We have Lauren. All right. Ah, Lauren of the lovely voice. And I love meeting her at Demon Hour for the first time. And I couldn't help but say, this is Lauren. Just like she says. I can't say I it. Know. I can't say quite like her, but I loved hearing her in the flesh. Oh, she goes, she goes, hi, demons. This is Lauren. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I love her voice. It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. I just love her. She's so much fun. She's sweet. Her All and right. Ginger were just a stitch. Hi, demons. This is Lauren. (laughs) I was just doing a quick reread of chapter 19, and it's so easy to fall into the comfort and the wonder of Diana unintentionally weaving her first spell and hatching the little chick. But this time, I was struck by the fact that Susanna Norman is the 16th century Sarah. She's gruff, she's blunt, she's very straightforward. She's the opposite of Sarah in that she's biased against spellcasters because she's an elemental witch, but their similarities are so stunning. Diana thinks, quote, my aunt Sarah thought witches who relied on elemental magic were dilettantes. Susanna, on the other hand, was inclined to see spells as a lesser form of magical knowledge. I smothered a sigh at these bizarre prejudices. Weren't we all just witches? I love how even in the middle of this book, in the middle of this series, we're still seeing Diana trying to break down these doors and bring people together. Miss you guys a bunch. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Lauren. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Miss you too. She's so soothing. I know. I know. <laughs> Both those two. Read me a story. You know what? Thank I should have had her record my <laughs> voicemail greeting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hi, people. They had the wrong number, Angela. Yeah, no. hi, hi, people. This is Angela. Hi, like, this is Angela. <laughs> you reached Angela's phone. <laughs> yeah, that would be better. Right. Right. You know, if I had her do mine, I'm like, well, where the fuck is Valerie? That's right. not her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Oh, now we have emails. Who do you have, Jean? I have New England Angela. Yay! And she writes, okay, I'll keep this quick. Chapter 19. Susanna Norman makes her first appearance and immediately puts Matthew in his place by suggesting the golden gosling for wine. Matthew declines but says, I'm sure I'll find something satisfactory at the end. Anyone wonder what or who that might be? And then poor Pierre. (laughs) Pierre will wait in the courtyard. He doesn't mind the cold. Oh, Matthew. Always so sensitive to others' needs. I can already hear Val playing the wah-wah-wah sound effect for him. Kisses. Angela. (laughs) Oh, Angela, thank you so much. And I hope your move is going smoothly. Yes. Yay. They have the keys now. I'm so excited for them. It's like we know all these people now. Now that we've got to the con. Yeah. All ten of them. them. They're all in our inner circle now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So mine is from Stephen. He says, I hope you are all recovered from the con and the bruising going down. <laughs> that sounded really, really bad. Yeah, 
bad. You, you put emphasis on the wrong spot, Val. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. Annie's first task after being sent to Diana was to buy writing quills and sealing wax from the local apothecary in the Blackfriars. I think this was from Mr. Gideon Dulane, a Huguenot refugee born in, okay, he's got me again, N-I-M-E-S, Nimes, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> in fifteen sixty five, who was brought to Saint Anne Blackfriars in fifteen seventy five by his father William Guillaume Delane Delane. William left France for Protestant England with his family following the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre on 24 August 1572. I was also thinking about Mary's copy of the alchemical book, New Pearl of Great Price. She states that this copy was given to her by Matthew's brother. Would this be Baldwin? Did I miss something here? I have a PDF of this document, a later English printed version. A fascinating read but very obtuse. That's all for now. Stephen. Well, thank you, Stephen. Any yeah. thoughts on Stephen's uh, email? Or obtuse is a synonym for alchemy. <laughs> is it? For one. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> I was going to say. Hmm. Yeah. And no, it's not Baldwin. It's no. Godfrey. It's Godfrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I do you have miss a... anything, Stephen? No. I do have a side note because we all mispronounce words here and there. I just tweeted yeah. on my own personal account that someone said, do not make fun of someone who mispronounces a word because they learned it by reading. Thank you. If I don't speak it, then how would I know how it's pronounced? <laughs> my, my eyes know how it's pronounced. <laughs> you know, they just I know how I want to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I will put the actual spelling of that in the show notes so you guys can either write, call, tell me how it's actually pronounced. And I'm sure Stephen will correct me promptly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's it, right? I think so. Yeah, Those, I think that's it. Yeah. We like to play Stump the Demons, though. always that one stumped me Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so this portion of the show is brought to you by angela page thank you angela thank you yay Yay. thanks so much and when we left off in chapter 18 diana was chiding the boys how it was her responsibility to seek witch tutelage matthew proclaims that he trusts his wife and galaglass warns that that's what philippe says just before all hell breaks loose uh-oh. And referring to Isabeau, of course. We open up chapter 19 and Matthew and Diana observing a teen witch in their parlor. And so here we go. And Matthew says, if this is what hell looks like, and this is what you were talking about, Jean, right? Mm-hmm. Galaglass is going to be sadly disappointed. Annie, she's such a conundrum in this story. How so? This time around, the big thing that was looming in my mind was, why her? You know, did her blood reveal something to Hubbard? Mm-hmm. Something we don't find out? I mean, if you think about it in the context of the Norman family, mm-hmm. I think there's way more to the pale little witch than meets the eye. Yeah. I mean, her cousin's a weaver. Her family her family of witches throws off occasional demons. I'm almost wondering if there was more than just Sophie. Hmm. But I feel like that opening line that you pointed out, Jean, that Ma- Matthew said that Annie appears to be unremarkable. I mean, he, that wasn't his exact words, but that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. is like It's almost meant to distract the reader. 
Yeah. Yeah. And why did he try to match her up with Susanna? Uh, no, no, no. Why did why did he at the end match up Annie with Shakespeare? I mean, I hope we find out more about Annie someday. I don't know that we ever will, but she certainly would make a good novella or short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always assumed that Hubbard kind of knew. I think that Matthew and Diana thought they were fooling Hubbard. And I always thought that Hubbard knew that she was pregnant. I think this is like on my first impression when she winds up with Susanna and Susanna happens to be a midwife. Right, right. I can see that. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my impression. I think later reads, I thought differently because he didn't confront her with the pregnancy until later, but it was a different pregnancy. So I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let's not do that. (laughs) I like how Diana stood up for her when Matthew was like kind of tearing her down the way he does sometimes. Well, and then it also comes out that Father Hubbard's kind of, well, like everybody else in that time, kind of a sexist. Annie gets sent sent to them with nothing. It's like the winter and no stockings, you know, just clothes she's out grown, but the Eamon and Leonard were both perfectly kitted out. Right. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is, and this is why I think it's meant to be a distraction too, is she doesn't have a proper last name. I know that her mother was Susanna's sister, but you think she could have taken on the Norman last name, but instead she has the Hubbard-given last name of Undercroft. Right. Undercroft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that whole naming convention with the the children of his family is so Mm -hmm. interesting because every single one of them is taken on the name of where they had been abandoned. Right. And it, it, it says as much. We never figured out until later, but we, it says as much when they talk about Annie, that she was found next to her mother in the undercroft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've got Leonard Shoreditch, and Shoreditch was where he was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And Amen, Corner. Amen Corner is actually yeah. a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack Blackfriars. <laughs> yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes it easy. Where would we find you, kid? <laughs> right. yeah. it's kind of, it makes it kind of easy. We're like, oh, you don't have a name? I'll give you one. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, well even, and it's kind of twisted, though, in a way, if you think about it, because, okay, we say names are always important. Mm-hmm. I mean, by giving those children those surnames, it always reminds them that they were discarded, which or kind discovered. of disturbs me. Or discovered. Well, I'm sorry. I, I just looked at it and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, discovered. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Glass full, glass empty. Like, you know how uh, adoptive parents, they're like, oh, but we chose you instead of, you know, we picked you up in an orphanage. Right. But we chose you to have you to have you with us. So Mm -hmm. I guess it's how you look at it and how you spin it and the person you're dealing with. How would they take that? If you take Jean, you'd have to say, oh, but we chose you, Jean. Of course we did. (laughs) Just so she'd be like, I was abandoned and left in an orphanage. So what I was saying about Matthew kind of being mean to her. Yeah, right off the bat, a 14-year-old. It gets back to the whole sexist thing, I think. You think? I think. I I just think he, he was being suspicious. And was right off the bat, just like, what's Hubbard up to? Yes. He sent a spy. Yeah. And he would shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> he, he is that dude. <laughs> Especially when she says, I'm to serve you and accompany you about the city on your business. And then Matthew's like, no, that's not our agreement. And it's like, wow. He's just noticeably grouchy. Yeah. Ugh. And this is this is exactly why Di- uh, Ma- Diana did not want Matthew to handle things. Matthew is still pissed off because, you know, 
his plan backfired. His again. widow beaten plan <laughs> way back when. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the whole. Yeah, I'll get around to talking to Andrew when I get around to it. Plan. Yeah, yeah I was going to take her on Monday plan. Yeah, that, that <laughs> bit him in the ass. Yeah. I like that Diana was sensitive enough when Annie flinched. She just automatically protected her and stood up to his ass. Yeah. And uh, this is the book where I really got to like Diana and respect her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matthew asked her if you have any power or knowledge or anything. And she's like, I have a little skill. You know, I have something. <laughs> and they get into and Father Hubbard said, oh, I can imagine what Father Hubbard said. And here snorted contemptuously and I'm like snorted I always associate that with Isabel yes the snorting yeah the snorting (laughs) I have to imagine Diana had not only natural empathy for Annie but also a witch of 14 with little skill that was Diana yes and so Annie goes as well as serving you Father Hubbard said I'm to take you to my aunt when she returns to London and it turns out it wasn't just Annie who was to help her but Annie's aunt who was currently attending a birth in London and I think that's what piqued my interest and like oh Oh, okay, she's okay. a midwife or somebody mm-hmm. like that, you know? We're, we're getting well, somewhere. And then the other nice thing was it's like, okay, he is going to follow through on his deal. Yeah. That was the other part of the way I took it, too. Yeah. Yeah. He made a promise and Hubbard's going to keep it. And Diana asked, oh, your wife, your aunt is a midwife as well as witch. And then Annie, which I never understood, she, she was like, because at this point, I know that she had been abandoned and left and whatever. And but she boasts about her her aunt's powers. She's like, she's a fine midwife and a powerful witch. And I'm like, she left you in the streets. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she did nothing to help her sister with her sister's situation and her sister ended up a prostitute and dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's not all sisters can be saved either. <laughs> well, you yeah. know what? Now, yeah, honestly. now that Lauren said that, the parallels between Sarah and uh, Susanna are big. <sighs> yeah. With the dead sisters and the, now I got this Nieces. kid, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So now that I see that, I'm like, wow, Diana must have had a, like a serious kinship with Annie more well, than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, it could be argued that Rebecca wasn't quote unquote virtuous because she did things that weren't good for her, like marrying Stephen and making, you know, that jo- the joinder of two powerful witches and all of that. And, yeah. And, you know, the asking for trouble air quotes. Yeah. What everybody else perceived asking for trouble, like mm-hmm. Andy's not so virtuous mother asking for trouble. Yep. So yeah, Which the could parallels. very well have been. I mean, yeah. she may not have been a prostitute. She may have just been raped and impregnated. Right. Yeah, knows. exactly. We don't know what, what happened there. And here's where we notice she's not dressed quite up to par. And Diana notices as well. And she's pissed at Hubbard. And I think I'd be as pissed at Hubbard because his sons were all taken care of. And here's Annie just kind of, eh. Just out there throwing yeah. in some rags and she didn't she didn't come with anything and Francois like what, appalled. What, what? <laughs> right. yes. oh, appalled so Diana asks how did you come to be part of Father Hubbard's family and this is where we learn that her mother was not virtuous and she was just kind of found there and well and, <laughs> and by her mother's dead body as we said yeah. we don't know enough that's information sad. we don't know enough information but that's what she's told your mother was yeah just like Christian Gray virtuous <laughs> <laughs> How'd we go there? <laughs> Found by by her mother's dead body. Oh yeah, that's true. Just like in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> 
She was, okay. she was, she was six. So she's heard that all her life. Your mother wasn't virtuous. So that's, that's become yeah. her truth. Not that yeah, it is a truth. It's true. Yeah. Six, not a baby. Six, not a baby. <laughs> I have well, to keep telling four. myself that. No, no, no. Well, would... I was thinking about what was in the world of all souls versus what's yes. here because uh, yes. sometimes I get it confused now that I have all these facts and I'm like, okay, she was six. That's right. That's, that's the canon. She's six. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and her mother dead next to her. Her aunt had her own brood to take care of. And the father's like, uh, yeah, she's going to corrupt my kids. And I, it's like, oh, man. Mr. Norman sounds like kind of a loser, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> I know. So, mm, yeah. Poor Annie. So automatically, we're just like, yeah, Diana, you need to take this girl in. Right. And I, that's how I felt when I read it. And she does. And she just like is like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Right. why you do this. Da, 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 da. And Matthew, just stay out of it. Damn it. She starts building her own family in that minute, finally. Yes. Yeah. First, she gets a friend with Mary, and now she's starting to find her family. Yeah. yeah. So Annie shows up with nothing, and Diana makes kind of a promise for to herself that Annie from now on is not going to want for anything. Yeah, I wonder if Diana growing up felt like that and wanted for something. I mean, besides her parents, maybe Sarah was a little deadbeat too. <laughs> you guys have painted everyone deadbeat. No, I don't think Sarah... I think, I think Diana wanted for that emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think maybe Sarah was equipped for it. She was the younger sister and now she's... Yes, the younger placed, gay sister. Yeah, so placed in this role here. Yeah. Maybe she wasn't equipped for it and wasn't ready for it, but she had to grow into it. And mm-hmm. and Sarah's just as stubborn as Diana. So, you know, clashing heads. Francoise and Diana decide, OK, they're going to make sure Annie has everything. She has clothes. She has shoes. And they made sure she knew enough basic math skills. Yeah. So, she, you know, they sent her out on a test and she came back with change and is like, oh, man, this dude was trying to cheat me. And I <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't let him. And they look, gave her, they gave her power. Yeah. By giving her that skill, they gave her power. And guess who took a shine to her? My Pierre. Your Pierre. Your Pierre. (laughs) (laughs) He made it his business to elicit a rare, sweet smile from Annie whenever he could. He taught her how to play Cat's Cradle and volunteered to walk her on Sundays when Matthew dropped broad hints that he'd like us to be alone for a few hours. The D. Okay, (laughs) this paragraph I never noticed before. The the next paragraph I never noticed about Uh Diana asking if he would take advantage of her. And he's like, "Uh, no. You know, basically, like little girls aren't his type. I'm like, okay, so what is he saying, though? He likes boys. Yeah. That's how I took it. That's how I took (laughs) it, too. (laughs) Maybe not young boys. No, no, no. Right. Right. That's how I read it. Right. Right. He likes boys. Yes. Yeah. Aw, Pierre. I like boys, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Okay. <laughs> I can think of a couple of demon boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Matthew kind of was like, Pierre, good Christ, no. It's like, how dare si- Diana suggest that? Uh, well, that's like, that, his reaction was almost as incendiary as when she said, well, do Miriam and Marcus need, need one room or two? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, good God, are you mad woman? Yeah. <laughs> Are you blind? (laughs) How dare Diana suggest that about 
Angela's Pierre. I don't think <laughs> it was dare. it was so much of, uh, as indignation as just like, are you cracked? Yeah. Right? Are you reading I from mean, the same book I am? He's got well, he's got all this years of information, and Diana's just walking into this family. Yes. I mean, yeah. so how would she know? And she even says it's a fair question. You know, Mary Sydney had not been much older than her. Well, and not only mm-hmm. that, I just got to check. You know, she's saying, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, she he doesn't diddle the the girls. Well, he diddles the older boys. I said older. I said older. Okay, older boys. It's <laughs> consenting adults. Yes, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, it could be cougars too. Cougars. That's right. Let's not get into that because I'll go on and on. Yay. But, cougars? But, well, you yeah, think? There's nothing think, wrong with boys. Well, I thought he was with Francoise. Pierre? No. I don't know why. No. I always thought he was too, but then I, the world of all souls. I, I, th- I think that Francoise out. took a shine to Charles. Was it Charles? Yeah, Charles. Yeah. I thought those two were an item. I think, uh, was it world of all well, souls? Who is Something Al- gave who, me that impression. Who is Alain's wife? Victoire. Victoire, that's Victoire. right. Yeah. yeah. There's all these Vs. It gets confusing. <laughs> As we shall see in a few short weeks. Right. If they didn't fix it already. So Pierre takes Annie out and uh, Matthew gets busy and he's like, hey, you're not wearing a corset. Let's get busy. Let's do our thing. (laughs) The D. The D. The married D. And apparently Matthew gets impatient in the bedroom. Oh, God. And she was complaining about his restraint earlier, but now he's impatient. But whatever. We'll, we'll go on. You can, I can play some sexy music right here. <laughs> and wow. you can, I was going to say, I thought it was a matter of him liking prego women and her being horny, all of which is very realistic for plausible women. Yes. Well, <laughs> and from a vampire standpoint, I mean, a lot going on it's in her body that he might be tuning in on. Yeah. Not to mention the fact it's probably a novelty for him. It's like, wait a minute, I can I can bang my pregnant wife. I haven't done that in five hundred years. Fifteen hundred years. So she says he spent the next few hours showing me just how limitless his patience could be in an empty house on a oh, Sunday. God, really? Orgasm withholding, Matthew? That's not cool. I don't Maybe think she that's it. You don't know. I can't that see that could that be being her one of Diana, Diana's kinks. <laughs> I don't know. She changed her mind. Remember when they first got together? And and it was all, you know, the anti well, She was all living on top. I just don't see how orgasm denial would be her kink. It just doesn't make sense. Maybe she's experimental. Maybe she likes... I don't know. How do we get here? <laughs> it's the ditch. I love the ditch. Oh, God. Here we go. We, we went right for it, too. All right. So, okay. Now we're past that part. And we're back on the road. And everything returned to normal on Monday. How However, Matthew was distracted and irritable soon as the first letters arrived at dawn. And everything was business as usual on Monday. The mail for Matthew kept coming in and Diana got a lunch date with Mary. So I guess that's cool. Yeah. And so we find her with Mary and Mary listened to her. And this is what I liked. I liked that she was able to bitch to Mary and Mary listened and nodded. And, you know, that's what girlfriends do. You're right, girl. That's right. It was like start. It was like a Tuesday at start. Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I like that Mary now says, how's your husband? Not Matthew. So they're truly friends. Yes. Yeah. I like this. In good health. Could you imagine someone asking me, who's Robert? <laughs> In good health. <laughs> hey, we're Actually, get- he's not. <laughs> we're getting to the age where that is the <laughs> answer to a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, he's in good health. Well, good, good. <laughs> no shit with our spouses anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so true. So in good health is the Elizabethan equivalent of fine. What's wrong? In good health. No, nah, it doesn't work. See? Like when <laughs> what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that is welcome news is the reply. It's the equivalent of that was my nice uh, etiquette, but I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is he? Fine. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> and then she says, I wish his good humor was more reliable. Matthew is mercurial these days. He's possessive one moment and ignores me as if I'm a piece of furniture the next. So they're getting into the real husband bitching. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. As friends do. Some things never change. Right. I truly don't think this has to do with a dynamic of her relationship. You know, no. I, I think new marriages are exhausting and you need somebody to vent to. Yeah. Because when you first get married, you find out, who did I marry? This is a total different thing than I saw with you. You could be with somebody for like two, three years. You get married, all of a sudden something changes. I, I don't, I can't put my finger on it. Something changes. I don't know. Maybe it's this. Men treat their property that way. Maybe men still do see women as property. A little bit. I think they're breaking out of it right now, but I think there's a little bit of that. Well, even when you're in the thralls in, of infatuation or even when jealousy crops up because you're so infatuated with someone, you don't see someone as your property, but you're like, he's mine or she's mine. You, you, it's that attachment. It's not even like you consciously think they're my property, but you want to protect your, what's your, what you perceive is yours. Right. With all you I can. I walked down that aisle and I made vows with this person. <laughs> yes. How dare you? Yes. yes. <laughs> you didn't make that commitment. Stay the fuck away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So Mary retorts and says men treat their property that way. And Diana's like, I'm not his property. Oh, yes, oh, you, yes are. you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, Mary tells her what you and I know, what the law says and how Matthew himself feels are three separate issues. And I still think that's true today. Seriously. It is. Honestly, I've been married to my husband for 27 years and there is a bit of she's mine, my property. Property. What she does is my business. It's not ridiculous. It's not. I think it's kind of a subconscious thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I think as we're raising our sons and boys now, it'll be less and less as we go on in the generations. Yeah. Does that I make do sense? Yeah. If we do our job right. If we do our job correctly. Yes. And then Mary says, you and I have an easier time with our husbands than other women do, Diana. We have our books and the leisure to indulge our passions. Thank God. Most do not. Just like you, me, and Jean, Angela. <laughs> so true. It is so freaking true. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. We even have patrons and everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary points out how good they actually have it. They had time to be ladies of leisure and indulge their passions, just like we're doing now. So thank you, Mary. Thanks for pointing that out to me because I didn't realize it until today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something else we have in common with Mary Sue. Yes, there we go. And so Diana's thinking of Annie, a mother who died alone and a church seller and an aunt who couldn't take her in because of her husband's prejudice, a life that promised little in the way of comfort or hope. And that's when Diana wondered or asked Mary, hey, do you teach your servants how to read or your female servants how to read? And Mary's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> they need husbands. They need work. 
worth, you know. I love Mary's outlook. It's like, yes. yeah, how to catch a husband. Yeah, she's practical. She's so practical. Yeah, I just love it. And then Diana's like, okay, well, then Annie's going to learn too. And then Mary says she will have reason in the future to thank you for it. I like Mary. I guess it's kind of a, a double-edged sword here. I mean, you'd think that Diana would just do what she wanted to do anyways, because that's what she does. Yeah. But I guess I guess she's confiding in Mary as a friend because she doesn't have many friends to confide in or yeah. to get advice from. Yeah. She says, if only you were a man, Mary, thinking of the potential, how Mary operates and what she gets to do and how she sees the world. And if she was a man, she'd have all the power in the world. And then Mary says, hey, if I was a dude, I'd be on my estates. I'd be in court with her majesty. I'd be dealing with all kinds of bullshit. Right. I get to sit here and, you know, chit chat with you. And that's pretty cool. Don't look a gift horse in the I mouth. Know. <laughs> Again, Mary Sydney putting things in perspective. Exactly. Glass half full, Diana. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when Deb decides to be teacher Deb in yes. the story because she does it so gracefully and subtle. And it's through characters we absolutely love and respect, like Philippe and Mary. Yeah, it's true. So Matthew shows up, and I've kind of got the impression that Diana's like, no, not yet. I'm not done with Mary. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when your parents come and pick you up from your buddy's house. Yeah. I leave yet. Mom, I don't want to go yet. He just showed me his new top wheels. I'm not ready to go <laughs> home yet, Dad. Here she says, I lost track of time when there were alchemical manuscripts around, and I looked up days when Matthew and Henry walked into the laboratory. It's like, no. And she even says, it can't be time to go yet. Not yet. Mary has this manuscript. Of course, Matthew knows the book for his brother gave it to me. And that's what Stephen was talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, and then that seems, Godfrey just keeps creeping into the story like, that. Do you think we're going to hear from Which is, him? Someday. Maybe we'll hear from him in Serpent's Mirror if we ever get it. Yeah. I don't think, I think Deb's out of the realm of promising books now because she said She's, so in that She did chat. say though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was a lesson learned. <laughs> But I really think she she really wants to do that book, but I just think it just turned into this like huge thing. Yeah. She's got to figure out her plotting and she's just not. It got, you know what I mean? It, the story got too big and too unwieldy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Matthew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it yeah, would, he, of course. He, yeah, he was finicky too. He was talking and then he wasn't talking. And I mean, it's got to be difficult. Yeah. And to be writing in your expertise. Yeah. And it's a time period when Philippe is still alive mm-hmm. and Godfrey's still alive. And now that we know Varen and she knows Varen and Freya, they're probably in the mix too, along with Baldwin. I mean, that is a lot. I mean, especially if, if you know that they exist, you got to figure out where they are if they're not going to be in the book. And even though yeah. you're not mm-hmm. going to tell us, but you have to like have that all sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden the tentacles just kept growing on that story, which is probably why she kind of had to put it aside because with the way Times Convert came out, it tur- she found a way to manage them all with yeah. the way she structured it, yeah. which I think going forward in this world is probably going to dictate who she writes about when and I how. I would imagine that Peter came about when she was writing Times Convert. I mean, not Times Convert, uh, The Serpent's Mirror. Oh, I don't know. Maybe if she, she, maybe Peter... I'm not saying he's in it. I'm saying she sorted that out. She sorted out that detail. I'm just also wondering if that detail may have come up when she was sorting out Matthew and Marcus's relationship and then started thinking about, well, and then there's Benjamin and... I think that's all intertwined. Yeah. What does his relationship look I like think the, I think there's one part, there's the serpent's mirror that she was writing, and then it kind of veered off, morphed. and then it, then it broke off. Yes, morphed into Times yeah. Convert. So I think that's all, like, yeah. there's like a Venn diagram there. Yeah. And there's like this big ball of stuff. 
off. Anyways, Here's were we talking the- about chapter 19? Ah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, Here's this big ball of stu- stuff it, it, that I kind of had to develop so I could get my headspace for Times Convert, and I need to figure out where I'm going to put it. Yes. In the story. All right. So before we drive out of this ditch, I want to stay in it for a little bit, just in case oh, good. you're just tuning in, uh, <laughs> listeners, and you didn't catch our last episode, or the, the bonus. We're talking about Peter, which is Matthew's other son. That's what we were talking about. Okay. Yes. Another son of Matthew's that Deb sort of spilled the beans on it during her talk. Exactly. All right. So back to chapter 19. We're going to get back on the road. (laughs) 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 And Henry's a little bit antsy about something. He wants to know, is it time now, Mary? He asks the countess, shifting his chair. And then Mary says you have the same enthusiasm for giving presents as young William does. She said with a laugh, Henry and I have a gift in honor of the new year and your marriage. Speaking of young William and his gifts, wasn't William the one who gave the gift of a library that we might know? Yes. Yes. In the future? Yeah, her son. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the future. So, Speaking of giving gifts. So yeah, so young William, that would be it. Mm-hmm. That was a nice little little <laughs> library. <laughs> little egg there. Yeah, come full circle, we're back on the Bodleian. Bodleian, yes. Yeah, there's the egg. The birth of the, It's the birth of the Bodleian egg. Yes, it is. What comes first? The chicken or the egg. I see what you did there. Well played. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so Diana's all worried. They had nothing to give him in return. And Mary's like, oh, nonsense. Matthew saved my brother Philip's life and Henry's estates. No gifts can repay such debts. And I'd I'd agree. Yep. Yeah, and and it, it gets interesting because he saved Philip's life on the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Yep. Which happened for real. Um, they got Walsingham and Philip Sidney out of Paris when the riots started. That was one of his saved first missions. His life. Yep. And I haven't really tracked down exactly what was up with Henry's estates prior to 1590, but I'm sure he was consorting with the wrong folks. Yeah. Mm. Well, they always were. The uh... Yeah, well, they were related to the wrong folks too yeah so henry draws out this velvet pouch and he presents it to diana and now we have the hilliard portraits of dun, dun, dun. matthew and diana sexy private time portraits of matthew and diana <laughs> which i don't know why the way you said it and then gene that comment the song dirty diana is playing in my head now <laughs> <laughs> that hoyden with her hair down. Oh. <laughs> and it's so funny. The first time I ever saw those portraits and, and people, I will put them in the show notes and you can see them in the, your copy of Shadow of Night. If you have actually have physical copies of Shadow of Night, if you look at the spine of the, US, of the copy. U.S. copy, you can see the Hilliard portraits of supposedly Matthew and Diana. So she fumbles with the strings and finally drew out a heavy gold locket on an equally weighty chain. Its face was golden filigree, studded with rubies and diamonds, Matthew's moon and star in the center. She flipped the locket open, gasping at the brilliant enamel work with its flowers. She's so descriptive. Scrolling mm-hmm. vines, carefully I opened the class at the bottom and the miniature rendering of Matthew looked up at me. And I'm like... Oh, okay. (laughs) That's quite a gift. (laughs) Yeah. And we find out that Master Hilliard, when they first visited them, made the preliminary sketches of them there. So Mary was being a little bit sneaky. Yep. Yeah, there's there's foreshadowing again. It was before the shoe, (laughs) before Diana wrecked her shoe. But I'm just saying it's foreshadowing, too, because it's like Jack. Yeah, with Jack. Oh, yeah. That's That's his method, too. Yeah. 
So Henry goes, is it to your liking? And she's like, I love it. I love, I love it. it. And so Isaac, his uh, intern, uh, what do you call him? Apprentice? Assistant. <laughs> yes, yeah. Apprentice. Isaac, apprentice. Isaac, Isaac Oliver, I believe. Yeah. Apparently he was a bit more daring in composition than his master. So he drew Matthew all with his shirt all open and fire in the back. And that's supposed to be sexy time portrait, you know, looking all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at him. That's just a dude. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's a Elizabethan equivalent of, you know, a guy in his pajama bottoms or something. That's supposed to be sexy? A guy in his pajama bottoms? Well, it depends who it is, well, I guess. Well, I could have said dick pic, but, you know, I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to be classy and shit. <laughs> well, you were doing pretty well there for a second. <laughs> yeah, and then the wheels came off again. <laughs> All right. So they bring out Diana's picture and the miniature women was more respectable. But I guess her hair was out. So that's what made her look all racy and crazy because her hair was down. But it made Mm -hmm. me actually think about the real miniature, though. That's Elizabeth of Bohemia. And Uh maybe it was intended for her lover. I don't know. But it's supposed to be racy. I wonder why she really did have her hair painted down in real life. Mm. IRL. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a rhetorical oh, Elizabeth. pondering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be that Elizabeth of Bohemia was kind of slutty, too. <laughs> Us Bohemian girls tend to be. You makes Elizabeth. <laughs> so Henry had a frame made, or Mary had a frame made, and it was this velvet box with two little enclosures for these things so they can hang it. That's lovely. And I like the fact that Moonstone was also involved in it all. Yes. The carved Moonstone with Diana. Oh, yeah. if it really existed, it had to be breathtaking. Don't they exist somewhere, those miniatures? I don't know about the moon. I don't know if the moonstone. Oh, OK. Portion the of enclosures. it exists. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't know that all of that, whether it's all kind of melded together from a couple of different pieces or. Right. Yeah. The real miniatures are pretty sparse on the framing. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so funny and ironic is this is the first picture that Matthew actually has of Diana. He never actually took a photograph. They were in such a whirlwind romance. Oh, he was also such a fuddy-duddy. I don't see him being the kind of guy who takes a lot of pictures with his phone. (laughs) (laughs) Some people don't. Yeah, I don't really. Unless I... I don't think to. I never think to. Like, Devin always thinks to stop and take pictures. I never think to. I'll be like, oh, that's cool looking. For as much as I did in Philly, which actually wasn't too terribly much Mm -hmm. when I look at my phone, because I've got like maybe 15 pictures. But yeah, I mean... Alan never does. Yeah. See, I don't. I I just think Matthew's kind of like that. I think it's also a guy thing, too. Guys don't think to stop and yeah. take a lot of pictures like that. Maybe I'm w- married to a weird guy. He takes pictures of his food. Look, I clean the house. Quick. You'd think, though, in infatu- infatuation, <laughs> you'd want to... Take a picture. Take a picture, yeah. Well, I mean, they were all getting chased by the congregation and all. Maybe there wasn't time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, having a camera on your phone, probably, this is probably the first woman he's dated in the 1500 years he's dated where, you know, selfies are a possibility and it wasn't, he hadn't made it part of his game yet. Plus he had a flip phone, right? <laughs> That's probably. true. He did. He did have a flip phone. He totally phone. had a flip phone. It was 2009. So yeah. 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 Probably a razor. Something like that. Yeah. Well, don't forget Diana was the only one who had like the fancy dancy <laughs> camera because she, uh, she texted him the photo from the bathtub. Yeah. That was a couple of years a- later though. That's after right. they came yeah, back. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get a good camera to book a life yeah. or a good phone to book of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went to the Apple store. They went to the Apple store. Jeez. <laughs> 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 this is a recurring theme, isn't it? This is such a recurring theme. 
phone. <laughs> you just did a commercial. He didn't get a good phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Tim Cook, you owe me. <laughs> Can you imagine Matthew with a Nokia? Remember those Nokia phones? Oh they my were like walkie talkies. <laughs> and all those what about stupid those? ringtones they had? <laughs> those little ones? Yeah. That little Nokia 6160? That wasn't that bad. Well, no, no I was talking about the ones with the, the, with the antenna. It was kind of like this little oh, brick and yeah. you pull oh, the antenna yeah. out. <laughs> I had one that literally was a brick. I had one of the very, very first ones. Like the 80s I had one? a bag. Yes, I had a bag phone in the 80s. <laughs> and then early 90s, I did have a portable phone, but it literally was the size of a brick and not much lighter. No, my dad had a bag phone in the late 80s. And Remember car yeah. phones? Like the first car phones? Oh, yeah. <gasps> <gasps> Miami Vice, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. They had to like rip apart the console yeah, of the car. Exactly. <laughs> and we thought that was was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I can answer. I can take a phone call in my car. <laughs> now I hit a button on my steering wheel and just talk into the air. Right. <laughs> wow. So they were talking about the portraits and Diana's concern because miniatures by N- Nicholas Hilliard are sought after and they won't disappear when they do. And Matthew's like, eh, don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't see that Matthew was that concerned. You know, he said maybe that's what we're supposed to be doing. Perhaps the future depends on it. I know. That just, I hated it when I he said love that. that. Oh, I know. I do too. But I just, before Book of Life came out in just this chapter, I'm like, why did he say it? Why did he say it? It was like one of those things that you run over and over in your head. But I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you only have to run it over it in your head for one damn chapter? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Are we moving I'm on just now? You, <laughs> Are we moving Marcus on? Marcus wasn't going to get laid without him. <laughs> Somebody's future depended on him. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Diana says, I don't see how, and Matthew counters, not now. It is possible we'll look back on this one day and discover that it was the miniatures that made all the difference, bringing it back to Jean's point. But we're not there yet, so... <laughs> well, and that's not even where I was going. Yes, I know the next chapter occurred, but that's... I was thinking bigger picture. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just... Bigger picture. You're macro... I'm macro and you're micro. Usually, you're, she's usually macro. you're exactly. And usually yeah. it's the opposite where she's like, and this theory and this <laughs> hypothesis and this, I think this could happen. Five books and down from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, and now Jean is like, well, the next chapter. <laughs> well, in this particular instance, even on the first read of the book, at that moment, just that all, it's like, oh my God, you know, mind blown. And then all of a sudden, right in the next chapter, it's like, oh, so it kind of tamped that all down for me from that particular statement. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember going over fair. in the golden years of the, or golden days of... Golden, golden age. <laughs> the golden the age. Golden, the golden age of the discussion group that we were going round and round about it and just trying to pick it apart while we were waiting for the Book of Life Book and just thinking, life, could, yeah. it be, oh, could, it, could it be bigger? Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, it is. Yeah. Because not only does Marcus find Phoebe, but it just sets the stage for the scion and everything else yep. at the end of the day. Boy alert, if you're not at Book of Life yet. Just Sorry. <laughs> 
putting that out there. Even though we do spoil. We do spoil. We spoil the shit out of things. So. Yeah. Sorry, people. I guess. Yes. So they go back to talking about Ashmole 72, and Diana suggested instead of looking for the book itself, because they were talking about how George hadn't found anything yet, mm-hmm. maybe looking for the seller that sold it to Ashmole might be the key. So stick a pin in that and stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next morning, a note arrives from Annie's aunt. The witch will not come to the house with a notorious ware and a spy. Matthew's reading this now and continues to say that her husband is being an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Basically, the husband did not want her to go to Matthew's. They wanted Matthew and Diana to come to them. And Matthew's all grumbling about this because it's very close to Hubbard's den. But Diana understands. She's like, just shut mm-hmm. up. We're going to go. We're doing this. Yeah, I almost wonder if the husband put that condition on it, thinking that they would just say, ah, forget it. Maybe. Or maybe Hubbard was a sense of security for them, mm-hmm. knowing that he was close. I had never picture Mr. Norman getting up from his recliner and just shouting <laughs> directives from it. Oh, my God. The whole time. Yeah. The Elizabethan equivalent of Homer Simpson. Right. And he's like, he's got a TV tray in front of it. <laughs> Sitting in his underwear. And like, you know, some rabbit ear antenna TV in front of him. Yeah. He had the first drink holder in yeah, his chair. Yeah. <laughs> so they take off and they head towards the Norman's house. Annie's leading them and she says, they're Master Royden and she directed Matthew's attention to the sign with a windmill on it, darting ahead with Pierre to alert the household of their arrival. Did you guys get a little bit perturbed when you saw where Susanna lived and it was all so nice and clean and lovely and they couldn't be bothered with Annie? See, okay, I have to bring this up and I, I know I hashed this out with everybody a couple episodes ago about Hubbard. It's like everybody gets on Father Hubbard's ass about how he treats mm-hmm. Annie. How about how her aunt treated her and not yeah. taking her in and she's living high on the, you know? Yeah, that right? piss, this pisses me off. I think she's probably the equivalent of a middle class lady mm-hmm. and working class because, you know, she is a midwife and apparently her husband doesn't do much. And <laughs> yeah. And she's raising two boys. So it's probably, it was probably easier for her to give Annie to Hubbard. Yeah. Plus her husband was being kind of an asshole right. too. So I don't know. Susanna Norman was real though, right? I thought she was in uh, the Jewel House, if I can if yes. I recall correctly. Yes. yes. I wonder um, if the husband is just a gap that Deb filled. I don't know. We're going to have mm-hmm. to look that up. Yeah. I'm curious now. You're totally right, though, about how she treated, how Father Harbert and Susanna treated. But when they talk about St. James Church and the prosper, more, far more prosperous than the Blackfriars, I couldn't help but think on this read that that's where Marcus end up, ends up getting a house. That's where Barry Brothers and Rudd is. That's, mm-hmm. so it's a very mm-hmm. nice neighborhood. Yeah. Even back then. Yeah. They head on over. And this on of Annie's was the spinning image of the demon Sophie Norman. And then Annie introduces her as Susanna Norman. And they connect the dots. And they're like, holy shit, this is Sophie's ancestor. Which is possible because Sophie's a demon, but her ancestors are witch. She came from witch people. Annie says, my aunt Susanna Norman. Diana's just bowled away. She's like staring at her. And Matthew's being all kind. I thought he'd bite her head off, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Which Matthew are we going to get? Yeah, I know. Just roll the dice. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Matthew goes, Mistress Norman, and he says it with a bow. Did you get my letter? My husband wants nothing to do with you. And the two boys shot out from the door. And it was Jeffrey and John, her kids. I like the boys. Yeah, I do too. I like the boys. I wish we had more. We get more of them. Yeah. And they want to know about this vampire. Is this him? And they studied Matthew. And it kind of reminded me of the trick-or-treating thing. Yeah. When uh, the two witches came to the door. And this, oh, Sam yeah. and, uh, oh, Sammy and his friend. I can't remember his friend's name. Yeah. And one of them uh, was it. Jeffrey is the one that had power on the brink of adolescence. And that's what made me think of oh. Sam and them. And, and this is, in a way, is kind of like a trick or, the trick-or-treating all grown up. You've got a vampire and a witch knocking on Sarah Norman's or Susanna Norman's door. <laughs> yeah. That's... Mm-hmm. See? And some bippity-boppity-boo goes on, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, like, Diana notices he's, he's got power, and Susanna reinforces that by saying, use the talents God gave you, Jeffrey, and don't ask idle questions. And the witch looked at her appraisingly, said, you certainly made Father Hubbard sit up and take notice. Very well. Come inside. <laughs> She's like, not you, Ware. <laughs> yeah, not you. <laughs> My business is with your wife. <laughs> Go across the street. The golden God. <laughs> the golden and Gosling has some decent wine if you're determined to remain nearby. But it would be better for all concerned if you were to let your man see Mistress Warden home. He means Pierre, right? But he's a vampire, too. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. She means Pierre, right? Hmm. Yeah. And then Matthew's like, thank you for the advice, Mistress. I'm sure I'll find something satisfactory at the end. Pierre will wait in the courtyard. He doesn't mind the cold. <laughs> and Matthew gave her a wolfish smile. And I'm like, oh, Angela's Pierre. And this yeah, is... I didn't, I didn't take it like that, like a like that at all, though. I think he's just reminding him. He's cold-blooded. He's a vampire. Watch yourself. He's going to be waiting in the courtyard watching. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought it was funny. He's like, nah, where? <laughs> Not you. <laughs> but this is like the first time when uh, New England Angela pointed out, it's like, oh, I see Val playing the sad trombone. I'm like, oh, Pierre's going to stay in the courtyard. <laughs> Not that he minds. No, I don't think that was Deb's intention to put him in purgatory of the courtyard. Yeah. (laughs) And so before Matthew takes off, he says, Sophie must be descended through either Jeffrey or John. And one of those boys is the missing link in our chain of circumstances that leads from Kit and the silver chess piece to the Norman family in North Carolina. So... I'm like, uh, and I'm doing the, like, when I remember first reading this, doing the calculations in my head, I'm like, wait, what? How? Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is the part where we all sigh, though, because we really wanted this to go somewhere and pop up in the Book of Life with more detail. Yes. Um, And it just popped up with another Easter egg. Maybe. With Sophie's dad. Yeah. Maybe the intention was there at first. I think so. Because, yeah, she made a big deal about the dad nodding, doing special knots in the Discovery witches then you have mm-hmm. this yeah and then nothing in the book I probably got edited edited out of the thousand pages or 1200 pages yeah yeah like i said a fourth book wouldn't have hurt i've been okay no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Inside, Diana's kind of being observed by everybody. Annie takes her cloak and return to the fire. And then Susanna's just kind of being gruff with Annie, you know, sounding harassed. And she's giving Annie orders, you know, Widow Hackett's daughter requires that draft to help her sleep. And the ingredients are costly. And then it's just a busy household from what I'm reading. And then Jeffrey's running around saying, I can't figure her out, Mama. Susanna's like, nor I, Jeffrey, nor I but that's probably why she's here. Take your bra 
brother into the other room and be quiet. Your father's sleeping or on the Barker lounger. <laughs> drinking <Yeah. beer. laughs> the, the Elizabethan Barker lounger. Yeah. I love how they're playing Walter Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah. That cracked me up. That's funny. So Susanna examines Diana. And like we said with Champier, Diana's witch exams don't go really well. So we're thrown, no. we're kind of thrown into suspicion. I know I was. Were you guys kind of suspicious of Susanna when she started? Yeah. 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 Even Diana was because she was holding back. Yeah. And then Diana says, that's uncomfortable. And she was, yeah, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Susanna doesn't, she's like, it should be. <laughs> and then she's like, why do you require my help? And then Diana's kind of explaining her situation and, and Susanna's asking questions, trying to assess her powers and put her in a box, but she can't. It's kind of like she's doing a witchy differential diagnosis, yeah. like an internist mm-hmm. would do. Yeah. And I'm sure with a normal witch, this type of examination would work. But as Champier mm-hmm. found out, as Diana's idiopathic, yeah, as Widow Beaton found out, she makes no sense to a lot of witches. It's like, uh, I don't know. So she's asking the question, was your mother and father a water witch? And she's like, I don't know. They died when I was young. Right. So that's the thing. I do? mean, she gives answers based on what she thinks or what she knows, but it's not the complete picture. Picture. Exactly. So it misleads, misleads the person testing. And so perhaps you're better suited to the craft, though many wish to possess the rough magic of water and fire. They're not easy to come by, you know. I, and I notice there's so much. Yeah. Each one of these types of witches would brag on the type of witch they are. Sure. You know, and it's like, uh, well, there's a lot of infighting going on there. And well, it's kind of like their uh, it's a big Harry, Harry Potter pride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone likes yeah. what group they are. Yeah. Their houses. <laughs> yes, their houses. And then there's another shot on Annie. Even Annie has more skills than that. And she's only 14. Yeah. Probably, probably the first and last compliment she ever got from her. <laughs> True. True. So I think I wrote here, I wrote a side note on Sarah. And I'm thinking maybe Sarah was a bit bitter about the perception of witches gifted with the ability to cast spells versus calling the elements for magical guidance because Rebecca was the elemental one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So perhaps that might have been part of it too. Sarah's being a little bit rude. Well, there's nothing flashy about the craft. No, it's methodical. Yeah, it's not sexy. Elemental witches are sexy. You know, you look at me, I'm going to conjure up I'm going to wave my arm whatever. and shit's going to happen. Yeah, it's way more dra- dramatic. Versus Sarah, yeah. let me go grab my book. <laughs> <laughs> I need my book and I, I need my book and I need my crack pot. I need my crack Nothing pot. Nothing sucks. Go get me that grinder. <laughs> I got <laughs> shit sucks. So, <laughs> so they're continuing to categorize her. It's like, uh, are you a healer? No. <laughs> and then this is the point where she's understanding where Annie's just like, every time she around Susanna, she's just like, uh, you know. So exasperated, Susanna sets up a test. She sits Diana in front of a bowl and an egg. She instructs her <laughs> to tuck her hands beneath her legs and the object of the game was to crack the egg and get it into the bowl. So sit, tuck your hands beneath your legs and she says, okay, you need to do this. No help. On your own. Me and Annie are going to go over here and... Not a big deal. It's it's an opening... It's a motion spell and an opening spell. That's right. Yep. And And John can already do it. Yep. And if that egg isn't in the bowl when I return, no one can help you. Mm -mm. No pressure. No pressure, though. I'm going to go to the neighbors. Have fun. Did you get the feeling that Susanna was just trying to rid herself of a problem at that point? Yeah. 
Partially, yes. Partially. Because maybe she, well, okay, so it's kind of twofold with me. I think that maybe she thought maybe Hubbard was like pulling her skirts and saying, here, take Annie for a while and deal with this witch. I don't want to deal with, you know, and she just felt like she was dumped with Diana. Yeah. It's like, why do I have to do, oh, wait, Father Hubbard. I, I got to at least go through the motions yeah. of this bullshit. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like somebody sends you a client, which you know is going to be just a pain in the ass and you're not going to take it, but you still have to take the meeting. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Or that problem pilot that's about to wash <laughs> out yes. and they give them to you. <laughs> Hoping you can create some miracle. <laughs> you know? uh, anyway, she concentrates on the egg. She tries to coax it into the bowl. It's only when her mind wanders that into her disordered thoughts that something starts to happen. And if you notice with Diana's magic, when she wanders into her thoughts and stops thinking about actual magic and she just gets curious. That's when shit happens with her. Mm -hmm. She lets the bindings fall away. Yep. And then she started thinking about Matthew's saying, Karen warmth, you know, you just need a soft place to land. So it was basically she boiled it down to Karen warmth. She considered the egg needed to come to life. Children needed love and a grown up to take responsibility. And then she was thinking it was kind of yeah, a very stream of conscious. Yeah. Like, it's thoughts are wandering. It's just and, uh, the way I picture it is like, you know, when you're just about to fall asleep, it's, and, it's meditation. Yeah. And your thoughts well, are kind of wandering into each mm -hmm. other. This whole passage also is just kind of like empathy at work because she starts thinking about the chicken and putting herself in the chicken's place. And, you know, then it's the egg fertile and oh this poor mama has to keep the egg warm and all she has to do there's the soft place and but it's all empathy yeah. and then she starts it, thinking about her own baby mm -hmm. and she's like yep that's what i want for this child care and warmth it's like that discussion we had that one time val with about being in an astral plane yes yeah. yeah it's kind of when you just let yourself go and start thinking and wandering and and visitors come in and thoughts come in and you're not regulating what you're really thinking about yeah it just, it just flows flows what matthew said was really perceptive for someone who's never been pregnant to me that he said it is kind of brilliant i don't i don't think he was there's nothing about it that's snarky it's just it's so it's scary insightful in well, he a way. was a parent at one time Yes. Yeah, but even, but I mean, the process that she's going through is she's thinking about this. She's literally thinking about carrying a child and what it is to carry a child. And well, he's had 1,500 years to think about that kind of thing, though. Bring forth life. Well, and I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a lot of 1,500 year old male vampires out there, but I don't think. All of them are quite as empathetic as Matthew can be when he allows himself to. I think that's the problem with Matthew. He's too empathetic. You think he's an empath in a way? Yes. I think he's very empathetic. I think the only time when he's not empathetic is when he's angry. <laughs> well, and, and, the one per and, and then the one person who will never benefit from his empathy is himself. Yes. Right. It's like when he's angry or on a vengeance tear, all yeah. that empathy goes out the window until he slows down and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just kind of like, oh, yeah. I don't think he's always been empathetic, though. I don't think his human self was probably, but he grew to be. Yeah. Well, he mm. had a lot of time to reflect yeah. and feel sorry <laughs> for himself. And read poetry. He had, well, he also had Hugh and Fernando. Yes. And I think yes. Fernando was definitely an empath. A very pra he's a he's a pragmatic empath, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So peep. 
All of a sudden, the egg's cracking, a bird's peeping, and unbeknownst to Diana, Annie and Susanna are back behind her gasping, like, holy shit, what the hell? <laughs> Call the midwife. <laughs> the real midwife. Right. So, do you think, okay, re- I only picked this up this this time. Do you think that Annie knew of Weavers? Because she goes, Aunt Susanna, is that? And she trailed off and pointed wordlessly at her. And it was the glam or gleam or glam or whatever, however you yeah. say that. So, is that the glam a weaver trait or is that hmm. maybe maybe the glam is is remember Matthew was saying how it had been centuries since he had seen that I'm wondering it even even by the uh, 16th century that that was fading. it was something that was extremely rare it, it could yeah. could be a sign of a weaver it could be the sign of a very powerful witch yeah well and it's, I mean, either way it was like go get goody yeah right who is a weaver yeah right well who is also like the oldest and most powerful witch of the reed yeah. so she goes Two. that's the glam left over from Mistress Royden's new spell. And that's what made me think, is that a weaver trait? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So go get Goody, who's a weaver. And Diana's like, the perfectionist that she is. I didn't get the egg into the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the teacher. You told me an assignment. I didn't do it. I didn't I do it. I failed miserably. <laughs> I get, you know what? That would be my response exactly. Yeah. She's like, the spell didn't work. Oh, damn. I screwed it up. <laughs> well, as you always bring up, you know, your PTSD, it's like... <laughs> Diana has it from her spells. She did two specific spells and it didn't turn out the way she said them. Yeah. But Susanna's like, didn't work. I'm beginning to think you know nothing about being a witch. And I'm like (laughs) reading this and I'm like, I really know nothing at this point. What the hell's going on? (laughs) Well, here's my question is, like you were saying, Val, I mean, Susanna knew immediately it was a new spell. Yeah. Was it the gleam that tipped her off or something else? Well, which would support your reasoning for knowing that she was a weaver. Yeah. Because if she knew it was a new spell, Mm -hmm. only weaver can make new spells. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no. I understand that. But I'm just wondering if it was the, the gleam or it was something else in that she was trying to do one thing and she ended up going so much further and did something super complex. You know, you know what? Well, yes, of Intuitively. course. Diana was had the gleam, but it's it's left over from a new spell. So that I didn't catch. Yeah, I didn't either. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Every time. Yeah, every time. It's something new. So Diana's like, the spells didn't work. And the, the chick is protesting. He's peeping all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and Susanna said, I'm beginning to think you know nothing about being a witch. And Diana says, I was beginning to think she was right. I love it. Susanna's like, really? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Girl, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a what, what, what? Did you just see what you just did there? <laughs> You took my expectations and you exceeded them. Thank you. Yeah. So anything else for this chapter? No, I'm just dumbfounded with this last bit of closing with the new spell and I the know. gleam and the weaver. And I'm just as floored as I was the first time, even more so, I think. Yeah. And the concept of Matthew as an empath. And yeah. yeah. Actually saying something really super brilliant and the way that Deb sort of foreshadowed her new spell with Matthew's comment about the soft place to land. I mean, there's like so much built into that comment now that we look back on it. I mean, there's foreshadowing. There's something about his character. It's... Yeah. There's a lot in a little bit of words. Yeah. Hmm. Deb. Who would have thought? Yeah, with Deb, you kind of expect it. Yep. Anything else for chapter 19? Nope. Nope. All right. So. Okay. Next. Next, we're on to housekeeping, and housekeeping is brought on by a new to you patron, Leslie Platzner. Yay, Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. you. 
Okay, who wants to start with theirs? I'll start with Jody. Okay. Hello, dear demons. What a whirlwind summer so far. I finally caught up on episodes 41 and 42. Once again, I found myself nodding along and laughing out loud. It was particularly fitting that I was a patron who sponsored the trip to the mall because I actually had boxes, Nordstrom anniversary sale, not Amazon, in the back of the minivan to take to school to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> Hide the evidence, I always say. <laughs> I know. It's hard to believe that it was only one year ago that I was reading out in a tent by the light of my headlamp. Wow. This series has introduced me not only to a new world, but to new friends, both right here in my neighborhood and virtual. I enjoy every single minute. Anyways, there's no other purpose to this email other than to thank you for all that you do. Looking so forward to next week. So excited. See you at the con. Jody. Yay! She is so sweet. She was so sweet. It was yeah. so wonderful meeting her. I know. And Mary. And, and everybody. Laura, and Jessica. Oh, Ma- I got oh her name God. right Mary this time. Mary was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Mary posted a picture. I guess we took a selfie together and it's just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I guess we took a selfie together. <laughs> it's all a blur. No. It's all a blur. We did, apparently, but I, I didn't there was so, so much going on. It's like I just don't remember everybody that I, I got confused and I was overtired. <laughs> you were. You were. Was that was, I know. was who posted the meme of you? Oh, it's supposed to be Eugene rolled up in the carpet. Oh, that was, was that Ginger? Ginger. That was yeah. Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> the one that Ginger Jean oh posted God. made me crack up, though. The toddler was <sighs> falling over. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> Angela, who do you have? I have Melanie. She says, hey, ladies, I'm listening to the, cur- the current after show. I hope show. better. I do, too. Uh-huh. And it got me thinking about why are Outlander fans so crazy? I don't know if this is a normal thing in fandoms, as I've never been intimately involved in any other than ours. But since so many of their fans are also All Souls fans, I feel like I am exposed to it more than I probably would be. Hmm. What do you think? I think their fandom has been a long, well, okay, so fandom, the concept of fandom started with the internet. So that would be late 90s. And when did Outlander come about? When 90s? Was, yeah, 90s yeah, around it there. Was- yeah. So you have that fandom. It's been around for a long time and there's new people getting into it all the time. Yeah. It didn't Ladies of Lollybrook start out as like a message board? Yes. It's still. Well, the last time I looked at it, it still was, which was like two, three years ago. Started out as the old school, traditional, late 90s, early 2000 message board. So there are people, as we're learning with our fandom, the people that have been in the fandom for a while have seen a lot come and go. And when the new people get all excited and jump in, there's usually a clash of personality a little bit. And maybe there's some of that. And then when some, I, I say, when you have crossovers into another fandom, Fandom, and like we've said before, fandoms have different personalities. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to you have to tread very carefully when you go into a different fandom. Yeah, this one was there. There's stuff going back to 1999. I just googled it up. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So that's my theory, anyway. We, we were talking a little bit about this on the rooftop bar of our hotel. Yeah, the two uh-huh. fandoms, and I always say it starts at the top. Yeah, set the tone at the top. Yeah. De- oh yeah. Deb set a really nice tone for her fandom, and she'll put her th- foot down. And when she feels things are getting crazy, but you would never see her slag somebody off or, or, yeah, you know, or rile people up. She's not, she's not into riling people up either. Yeah. Yeah. She's not one for sicking minions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Release her flying monkeys on on people. (laughs) At all. Yeah. So. I don't know enough about the Outlander fandom to do it. I've heard stories to, to actually I've just seen the fly. Yeah, to speak definitively on that. But I've heard stories. I just have seen the flying monkeys out and about. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
It's not pretty. Yeah. That's just my theory. There's that. Yeah. Um, I have two things because we had this extra thing and I didn't count it. So I have an email and it's from Christine. Oh, hi, Christine. And she said it was so nice to meet the three of you. And this is Christine Milliker. <gasps> She's a photographer friend. Yes, yes. Yes. She said it was so nice to meet the three of you at All Souls Con. Glad I joined this community and finally caught up with all your podcasts. So she she did some marathon listening. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's still Yikes. with us. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I'm one of the twins. We know who you are. The one with the 360 I camera. I wanted to respond earlier, but life has been crazy busy here. All Souls Con was amazing and fun. Seeing the first episode was awesome. And I can't wait to see the rest come January or on or about. Christine, I don't want you to, you know, get your heart broken if it's later than January. Stick with first quarter, I think. Yeah, that'd be yes. safe. Yes, yeah. I agree. That's early. All the panels gave me things to think about, and I learned so much. It was great to be part of such a great family. Anyway, I wanted to say hi in the virtual world and hope I can contribute more to your discussions in the future. Sincerely, Christine M. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Christine. Thanks for becoming a discusser with your sister. Yes. I know. It's so exciting. So awesome. Okay, guys. So... I'm going to wrap this up and you guys are going to laugh. Do we have a review? We do, but you're going to laugh when I read it to you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I can't even even imagine. (laughs) Okay. So this one's kind of an outlier, guys, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a four star, which is okay. We'll take that. Yes. Okay. Four star. Still very good. Very good. Very good. This is from Strange Radio and the title is New Convert. Just discovered your podcast. Like Times Convert? Well, (gasps) kind of. Except... <laughs> Sorry, I'm there's a punchline to this. Okay. Just discovered your podcast. Have never read AST. What? What? <laughs> what? How do you discover our podcast without never re- ever reading? That might explain the four stars. You know, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a pretty good ra- rating from someone who's never read the books and likes our podcast. <laughs> but thanks to you, now I must. Great job on the podcast. I'm like, okay, well, wow. <laughs> So thank you, Strange Radio, for your wonderful review. For someone who's never read this series, you know what? We'll take it. Great. Thank you. That is so awesome. Well, I mean, feeding an addict's habit is easy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Making a new one is hard. You just give them that first one for free, baby. A little book. <laughs> Apparently, they like, book? they like hot mess characters. <laughs> we can hook you up with a book of life. Signed. <laughs> totally. All right. So let's go on to Save It for the Show. And this Save It for the Show is brought to you by Marty Pitchauer. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Marty. Save It for the Show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. So this episode, save it for the show. Please use legal means to watch the show. Take it away, Gene. Oh, you know, it's we're an older fandom. We're not, it's not necessarily teenagers and, you know, early 20s. But when you've got to lecture a bunch of middle-aged ladies about not stealing cable access, come on, people. Really? <laughs> Or downloading really? downloading the show illegally. Yeah, well, it, which is the same as hooking into your cable. Not only not, not only not doing it, but also not encouraging other people to do it. I know. Hey, I got your free cable. Meanwhile, the author <laughs> is sitting right. 
right there. She can see you. <laughs> Do you people just not understand who pay how you pay to make these shows? No, please explain. Some people don't. I listeners, I know a lot of you do. Okay, this is yeah, just me. I mean, for our first season, Sky TV underwrote a lot of it. Sky TV, the people who are legally broadcasting it out to y'all in the United Kingdom come next month. Yes. Who are going to hopefully fund a second season with those subscription payments they get from you. Yes. If there's no subscription payments, there's no money to pay for a season two. Is this becoming clear to you all? Well, and how do you count viewers too? Yeah. Yeah. You can't count viewers when you're, you know, sneaking around like a thief in the night, which is what you are. When you're splitting a cable. Or climbing out on that pole outside the house. Or, or, you know, recording something illegally and then loading it up digitally for others to download, which happens too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, no, that's not cool. It's not cool. Not at all. We want a season two, people. Lachlan wants a season two. He's already scheming about what he would do with money for a season two. Help this man have some money to spend. And for us U.S. viewers, come on. Guess what? Sundance now, they're counting on this show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's their flagship show. It's a building block. And if Sundance them, now sure. doesn't get it. And if all this goes great, we don't get it. Come on. Why do you hate the demons? That's rude. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, not to mention the fact that if this goes well for them and launches them the way they are envisioning it, envisioning it they're going to throw some money in the pot too, people. And they've got money to spend. They want to knock out Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a checkbook. Mm-hmm. And they want to spend some money. Mm-hmm. Let's convince them that this is the place to spend it. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, Shelly Save It for the show where she's like, why would you say something like that in a group that you know Deb moderates? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout, Shelly. I'm thinking of you. Yes. <laughs> Goodness. Did you? You probably never saw this tweet. It was Lin Manuel Miranda. He was standing in front of a Hamilton statue, but his caption was, "Oh shit, he's standing behind me, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> but this, this person didn't even think that. They're like, "Who cares? Who cares? PM me." There's been a lot of that lately. PM me. I'll give you a link. You can watch it for free. It's okay, girl. What? Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is where this is where you can go buy the arcs illegally. I know. And I had to make a <laughs> rare because I saw that. Was it yesterday, Jean? And I'm I I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? This had to be said? <laughs> I, I actually typed it. I was like, really? This had to be said? And Deb came back and she's like, this had to be said. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, did you, was it Kanye you used with it? You had a Kanye? No, it was Kevin Hart. It was Kevin Hart. (laughs) He was giving big bug eyes like Kevin Hart does. (laughs) I ended up with a Conan face palm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Deb's like, yes, this had to be said because it had been posted several times in the comments. And that's what gave me pause. And I was like, oh, well. God, man. (laughs) People keep it. People keep pissing off mom. It's like they want to try mom's patience. You don't want her to blow because it's not pretty. Oh, come on. I really have faith that people are smarter than that. But then sometimes I get gobsmacked when they aren't smarter than that. So, yeah, you got the door just got smacked in your I face. Was, I had to message you guys. I was like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. this is a thing. Wow. <laughs> well, anything else for that saver for the show? I think that was short, sweet, succinct. 
Nothing else yeah. to say. It's good. It's good. If it sounds sketchy, don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. In this case, do the anti-Baldwin advice. Wait your turn like a good girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ignore Baldwin in this case. Uh. Your life, well, your life doesn't depend on it. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. And on that note, last thoughts and things we can't let go of. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at Demons Discuss or at Demons Domain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there, too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text A-D-O-W as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text A-D-O-W to 444-999. Or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form, and spam our code, and that's it. You're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Who wants to start? Mine is easy. It's all show related. Okay, go for it. One, the press packet came out today from Sky Corporate, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yes. pictures are stunning. Yes. And now that we saw the first episode, too, it's like, oh, my God. We're in such for such a treat. But with, in that same vein, so many countries are in for such a treat. Deb announced the countries with broadcasters and dates, countries with broadcasters and no dates, countries with deals that she can't announce. And there's like two dozen of them. Like Bosnia wow. and Croatia and Poland and Israel and Switzerland. I mean, Korea. Everyone's going to be seeing us Discovery Witches. It's going to be global for sure. And I'm. It's going to look like our podcast map. I know. <laughs> this is true. Is Malaysia is on true. there? Because we just had a listener from Malaysia. <laughs> Macedonia. No, I don't. I don't see. Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Macedonia. Maybe Philippe isn't dead and he's listening to us. <laughs> Jean, what is your last thought? Oh. Oh, it's also from that press pack. I started reading it. There's some interesting little tidbits in there in this episode summaries. And some of them have me thinking I'm going to be Team Timur for the show. Team who? Our hot demon. Oh, okay. As opposed to Team Timur. Because Timur, if they're going to make Baldwin an asshole, I'm not going to be happy. But that remains to be seen. I'm just not having a good feeling. Okay. So I'm just going to stay in love with my book, Baldwin. Thank you. Okay, considering, and I did say this to you when the mics were off, to a lot of people, he was already an asshole. I realize that. Okay. I don't think he's going to come off more of an asshole. I, f- I feel like he could possibly be getting some kerosene dumped on the asshole fire, which I don't necessarily... Maybe because it's visual, or maybe because they're emphasizing it. Yeah, everything is exaggerated on TV I to know, drive the but point it just home. annoys me. Yeah. Oh, well, and also to, to explain things simply to the simple viewer, Lois common denominator. Exactly. This is true. This is true. And your point is valid. 
valid, Jean. And if you're angry, yes. you know. I didn't say I was angry. I'm just if trepidatious. You, if you get angry, there's always our message box. <laughs> I'm hoping I won't be ma- angry, but I'm just also saying, thank goodness that there's other hotties I can look at and just be shallow about. Like the description and- seems to indicate Domenico. that his importance has been reduced okay. in Diana's rescue. Yes. But I'm going to reserve judgment okay. till I see the whole thing. Okay. Yes, I, I do know that I my one of the scenes that I really, really wanted to see apparently has been changed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, I, be, I believe, not only to the detriment of Baldwin's character development, but also to Matthew's. And I yes, we did agree that. on that. Okay. Yes, okay. it was in that it kind of screws things up. Okay, so do you remember your advice you gave to people the last episode? You said, don't do that to yourself. Oh. It's Baldwin, of course. I'm do that, to <laughs> that is that is the one one little. I said, don't fuck up chapter thirty, and we're fucking that's, up chapter thirty. That's her loophole. Yeah. All the way back from episode five, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I no, just wanted to throw that out a little bit. That was that was like the only thing. That was one of my blanket demands. Don't fuck up chapter thirty. Okay. No, and that's why I'm reserving judgment. That's because right. If if I've learned anything from the book of life, is I'm not going to put my emotion eggs in one basket <laughs> and invest. Am I. Well, I kind of did, but I, I'm finding alternatives to yes. okay, okay. lessen the blow. I'm so going to okay. stick to we shall see. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, that, that whole broadcaster list that Deb published on Facebook, she says, thank you for your patience and for not whining, Professor Harkness. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good okay so here's my last thought i'm sort of a sad demon why because we got an invitation in the mail yesterday and we have to rsvp no right yes we got an invitation to go to Cardiff and watch the world premiere on the f- and be part of the red carpet and the activities that follow the next day. Yeah, thank you, Deb. Me and Jean. I don't know, Angela. Do you have your passport yet? Uh, I have my one that expired ten years ago, still in my drawer. <laughs> I think that was the universe. That, that invitation is the universe telling us to get off. Get our off ass our ass and get yeah. our shit done. So I did. I did bring that up a couple months ago. I'm like, we need to get our passports. There is a premiere coming up. Not that we even. This was like a pie in the sky dream. Yeah. 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 So when yeah. it comes true, and you can't actually hop on a plane and be there and be fancy, you're going to be sitting in fancy. your robe <laughs> yeah, on the couch with your popcorn. <laughs> I wish I could be there. Oh. Oh. I mean, no passports aside. Yeah. It would be a lot of maneuvering on my part. Be a lot of maneuvering because I just took a whole lot of leave and Same my here. work would be kind of like, uh, you're going where for how long? For what? For a movie premiere? For a TV premiere? What? That's what right. I'm, <laughs> I'm fancy. Leave me alone. I'm fancy. Oh, oh gosh. I feel like, no, I don't think I had anything else. Just the sad demon thing. Thanks for thinking of us, everybody. Yes. That was great. I know. It's so wonderful to be included in it, it even though we can't participate. It's, uh Yeah. You're right. Jean, you had brought that up, that the invitation was rewarding in and of itself, just because we've been around for a long time and it's come full circle almost. And to be included or or thought of is very rewarding. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Deb, for putting us on the guest list. (laughs) 
freely. If we showed up, we promised we would not have embarrassed you or worn a lampshade or anything <laughs> untoward. I know. Maybe if we have one in the U.S., pretty please. We had ours in the U.S. Well, we didn't have a red carpet, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> we already got to see what they're showing, so. That's true. Well, we can have our own, like I said yesterday, you know, we can put toothpicks and, and some Cheetos and <laughs> serve them to stuff animals here. Maybe that's when we, re- we record our wine episode. <laughs> <laughs> we can always do a Facebook Live. That's right. Yeah. What are your orders? Mine orders are Cheetos. <laughs> Fancy toothpicks. Yes. Thank you. Ooh. Yes. The kind of little curlies on them? Yes. Mm -hmm. If you're really lucky, I'll make ham roll-ups. What? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll get real fancy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So there's that. Or the little, or the little rye toast with with the spread cheese and the cucumber on top. <laughs> oh yeah! Or you can go really old school, right? You get the onion soup and you mix it with a sour <gasps> cream, right? And make that fancy oh. onion dip. What? I love that onion dip oh. with a red hot passion. I could just like eat that and eat that and eat that with some good lays oh. ruffles. What? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That kind of activated my gag reflex. (laughs) (laughs) That's even better than the chip dip you make with a ranch dressing mix. (laughs) Or what is it? My mom used to serve guests back when everybody had dinner parties, right? The fondue pot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've got a fondue pot. Fondue is awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) Do you guys have, uh, what was it? Uh, God, it's a restaurant in Seattle. Oh, the melting pot? The melting pot. You guys, it it is a... franchise yeah yes that's fun yes we had one in detroit and i think there's one around here somewhere yeah that is fun i hadn't gone Mm -hmm. for years but devin she's like i want to go there i'm like seriously (sighs) fondue and we had a good time yeah the food was actually good (laughs) (laughs) well do you guys remember there was another franchise and it was a crepery yeah. Oh, yeah. Magic pan. Mm-hmm. The magic pan. Magic pan, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like that a used 70s to be, thing. I, I know, love that place. I know. Oh, I love that place. That was always my pick for my birthday my birthday meal. This is all pre-Olive Garden, pre-Applebee's, pre-Olive yes. Yes. Oh, yes. God. I love the magic pan. Oh, it was in the mall. Oh I, my god! And I'm not even kidding. I think that I went there for my birthday too, and I had it on my little jean vest and gauchos, uh-huh. <laughs> and a little little fashion boots. Oh, uh-huh. I used to like wearing gauchos and clogs with the long socks. <laughs> what? Yes. And clomp around the floor with them. Yes. Bring back '70s style. Of course, we were all kids when. Well, so right. I think the, I think the costumers for the discovery of witches. We're bringing that back with Sophie. She may end up having some gaucho- gauchos. If <laughs> I'm going to have to post some pictures. Maternity gauchos. I'm going to have to post some pictures in the show notes. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, it even said demons do their own thing when it comes to style. Yeah, exactly. Maternity I, I might even have a picture. I'm, on the off chance, I might even have a picture of me. I think they were green, honestly. Green gauchos. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mine were harvest gold and the vest had a... <laughs> Actually, that's right. It always came with a vest. Didn't yeah. It? <laughs> yes. My mom. My mom made mine, and it had fancy frog closures on it. What? It, it, it wasn't. Yeah. It was. They were like dressy gauchos. I had a specific <sighs> set of granimals that I wore with mine because mine were corduroy, and the vest was corduroy. So 
there was only a specific color that would work with mine. Yeah, I wore that outfit. What was going on in the seventies? We were all we were all were wearing vests at the same time. You got a vest. I got a vest. (laughs) My grandmother used to crochet vests on top. Oh my god, those long ones, the like duster length ones. I I think my mom still got one or two of them up in the attic. Oh Oh, my god, (sighs) crochet. On that note, I think we gotta go. Yeah, (laughs) gotta go. go. All right, bye everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. How did that happen? (laughs) Jesus Christ.